Let's get ready to hear the message. Hey, would you, um, would you give it up for Nathan? I don't know if you saw it. He was, um, he was behind the keyboard. And uh, buddy, I love, I love that. I love to see you so focused and so ready to play and to add to the worship today. And I just wanted to say thank you in front of us. Like, this wasn't planned or anything. He's like, what are you doing? You know, like, I was like, Nathan, come on out. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? So you don't have to talk or anything. You don't have to give the message or anything like that. Nathan, how old are you? 11. 11. You know what I love about our church? That an 11-year-old boy has room to serve Jesus. When they serve when they're 11, when they serve when they're 11, They'll serve the rest of their lives. And so, proud of you, buddy. I just wanted to say thank you. How, let me just, just curious. The only thing, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. How many hours did you practice? Just approximately. Just give me just a number. Just, just a random number. About two hours practicing for today. It's just a natural talent. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for Nathan one more time. Thank you, buddy. Great job. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I know it's, it's more than two hours. <laughs> hey, I want to welcome you to LifePoint. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, just so thankful that you've joined us today, whether it's on, on YouTube, Facebook, or church website here in person. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. If you, by any chance, if you forgot to bring your Bibles most of the verses will be on the screen, so you don't have to worry about anything. We will be in 2 Kings chapter 5, and the topic for today is something that I don't usually talk a whole lot about. It's, um, it's this word, miracles, miracles. And I don't know what you think um, when, when I say the word miracles, um, but usually just for me, and I'm just being super vulnerable with you, uh, I, I guess it's my personality, but when, when somebody uh, talks a little bit, a lot about miracles in their lives and things and stuff like that sometimes i get a little like i get a little freaked out and i just i think it's my personality and so what i want to do today is i want us i want us to dig into god's word and see how miracles actually work okay and um and so i don't know how like like if you if we were having lunch and you asked hey alex do you, do you believe in miracles i would say absolutely absolutely okay it's just the way that sometimes people behave and the way they ask for miracles and especially the way churches deal with that you know sometimes it just kind of makes me a little bit uneasy and so but if you ask me do you believe in miracles i would say absolutely i believe that when a baby's born you know like that is a miracle i mean i remember when my three kids when they were born, like it just, it's just a, a miracle. When, um, when a, a person um, follows Jesus, I think they make a decision for Christ. I think that's a miracle. And I think the Bible, of course, is full of miracles, right? Uh, the virgin birth is a miracle. Um, the, the miracle of the resurrection, uh, Moses parting of the Red Sea, all of those are, are miracles. Now, I think I'm a little hesitant to talk about this subject because a lot of times, people take advantage of what god has done or what god is doing sometimes people take advantage of what god is doing for their own expediency if you know what i mean if you don't let me kind of explain it to you okay years ago i saw this uh ad i guess for lack of a better word online and it was it was a scam obviously and um, it was, they were selling this anointing 
oil kit, okay? Now, I got to read, I got to read the, the instructions for you, okay? I could barely get through the, the first service reading them because I just, I could not believe it, you know? Here's what the instructions said, okay? And I'm, I'm quoting, okay, verbatim. Here's what it says. Open this anointing oil. Don't waste a drop. The Spirit of Jesus is represented by this faith oil. Well, that would have been enough for me to like be like, ah, you know? But watch this, watch this, watch this. Make a cross on your forehead with it. Then by faith, go into a room by yourself and take out all the money that you have and make a cross on each bill that you have. Okay, by now, like I'm not making this up, okay? Like this is like, I wonder how many people they got with this one, okay? Also, make sure you anoint your checkbook if you have one do this in faith and god will bless you with money believe god and he will multiply your bread yeah you multiply your money according to luke chapter 6 verse 38 it gets better it gets better as you know the work of the lord is mighty is a mighty burden for those of us blessed with the sweet weight of his mission but spreading the gospel can be expensive. And that is why we've come to you with a request, with a donation for a donation of a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. Here's what it says. Instructions, all right? Is a hundred dollars too much to ask for his work? Of course not. If you don't have a hundred dollars, get down on your knees and ask the Savior to take you to the place where you can get it. Often, often, when people talk about miracles, this is kind of what I think about, okay? And so I'm kind of addressing a topic today that's a little bit uncomfortable for me uh, to talk about in like modern days. Like, what do you, what do you believe about miracles? What, I mean, do they, do they still exist? Do you, like, do you believe that God can heal today like he healed back in the day? Well, those are all great questions. But today what I want to do is I want us to dig in to God's Word. The authority is God's Word, it's not me. Okay? And so we're not, when I say the word miracles, this is not what we're talking about. Okay? This stuff kind of, like, just spooky stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. We're looking at, hopefully you're turning there, Second Kings chapter 5. We're looking at the miracle of Naaman. The miracle of Naaman. And we're going to see how miracles work. Naaman is sort of um, uh, an obscure story in the Bible. It's not like, it's not, we can get rid of, that's good. Um, it's not like one of those, um, like the, the feeding of the 5,000 that everybody knows, like David and Goliath. I mean, it's not like, like one of those stories that like, like everybody knows. It's kind of tucked away, Second Kings chapter 5. And the story is about a, a military man leader okay a commander a warrior and this guy has leprosy okay so verse one second kings chapter five verse one it says now naaman was commander of the army of the king of aram he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the lord had given victory to Aram. Okay, so at this point in the in the story, you're probably thinking, man, 
the rest of the chapter, like God is going to speak about like this guy and how great of a, a, a leader he was and how courageous he was. And I mean, you're thinking that he's going to spend the whole chapter talking about like Naaman. He, he led one army after another and one victory after the next. And, and it was like he conquered many lands and he had many accomplishments. But the interesting thing is when you read this chapter, what, you're, what gets Naaman a whole chapter of press in the Bible was not his strength. It was not his talent as a commander-in-chief, as, as an army leader. It was not his victories. It was not his, um, it's none of that. What gets him a whole chapter of press in the Bible, 2 Kings chapter 5, is a life-threatening disease. The Bible says there at the end of verse 1, it says he was a valiant soldier, but he had, help me out, church, but he had what? He had leprosy. He had leprosy. And I don't know what, of course, I never lived in a culture where leprosy was rampant. Uh, all I can think of is COVID. When, we, when I had COVID a couple years ago, I remember for two weeks, I was totally isolated. I felt, I felt like an outcast. I felt like, man, I couldn't say anything to my kids. I, I was in a separate room. I mean, it was, it was not fun. And just from reading God's Word, what I do know is that if you had leprosy, you couldn't even live in the same household. You were truly an outcast. You, um, you had to yell, unclean, unclean, if, if anybody came close to you. And so it was, it was brutal. It was not a fun thing. And the whole chapter, the main focus is not how strong of a leader he was, but about his, this life-threatening disease. And so I wrote four things down. You're welcome to write them down if you want. Um, I, I, I encourage you to write things down because it, it'll help you remember a little bit longer. If, you don't, if you're not a note-taker, no big deal, but if you want to remember the message a little bit longer, it'll, it'll help you. So here's the first point I wrote down. If you've got a problem, you've got potential for a miracle. I want you to say this. Say it out loud. Say it to the person next to you. Um, say it if you're driving right now or if you're, if you're at home watching. Just, just say it to whoever's close to you. If nobody's close to you, just say it out loud. Okay, let's all say it together. If you've got a problem, you've got potential for a miracle. Amen. If you've got a problem, say it, say, it, say it with me. If you've got a problem, you've got potential. If you've got a problem, you've got potential. Okay, the fact that you have problems in your life is not all bad. You got a problem, there's potential, God says. The first qualification for you to get a miracle, when you study the Bible, when you look at miracles, is you got to have a problem. And so here's what I want you to do today. I want you to filter this message through your greatest need. We're not just talking about miracles today. We're not just talking about Naaman, this commander-in-chief. We're not talking just about 2 Kings chapter 5. I don't want you to leave today and say, oh, yeah, this is what we study. No, no, no. I want you to filter this. And I don't know. You come into a room like this or you're watching, and I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if you're sick and you truly need a miracle. I don't know if the miracle is finances. I don't know what, where you're at. Maybe it's, it's your marriage that needs healing. Maybe it's an addiction and you're like, Lord, I need help. I cannot do this on my own. Maybe you're about to make a business decision and you're like, Lord, I need you to answer me and I, I'm about to make this decision and it could go really, really good or it could go really, really bad and I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. 
to filter the words that we're about to read, filter them through whatever you're going through in your life. Maybe it's an unspoken request. Nobody knows. Not a single soul in this room or wherever you're at knows. Here's the good news for you today. The bigger the problem, the bigger your problem, the bigger the potential. God spends one little verse, half a verse, talking about Naaman's strength as a commander of an army. And he's going to spend a whole chapter talking about his weakness, talking about this miracle. It, it actually reminds me of um, a story that I think I, Leah told me once about this lady, Amy Carmichael. I don't know if, she, if you know who she is. Amy Carmichael, she was a missionary to India. And when she was young, she was brought up in a Christian home. And when she was young, she had brown eyes. And she always wanted to have blue eyes. That's like one thing that she always dreamed of. And uh, her mom had always taught her that she could ask anything of the Lord. And like in faith, like God would literally move mountains on her behalf. And as a young girl, she knelt by her, off, by her uh, bed one day, and she prayed this intense prayer, this passionate prayer, like just pour her heart out to God and basically asked him, would you, would you please give me blue eyes? Would you turn my brown eyes, turn them blue? I just want to have blue eyes. And she prayed. As a young child, she prayed in faith, and she remembers going to bed that night thinking by morning, by the next day, I'm going to have Sure enough, she wakes up the next morning, runs to her, her mirror, and looks at herself, and she had brown eyes. <laughs> and she's upset. Lord, what's going on? Why did you not give me blue eyes? This is what I prayed in faith. I asked you to come through for me, and nothing happens. And it wasn't until years later, when she gets to the mission field, and she sees the crowd that she understands that the Lord did not give her blue eyes because it would have been a lot harder for her to find acceptance. And she goes to the people and sh that, that she was ministering to and she, she puts it together all of a sudden. Oh, Lord, this is the why. And so I say this to say this. Sometimes what we think is our bad luck is actually our big break. In your life, when things happen and you're like, Man, it's like one problem after the next, one obstacle after the next. What did I do wrong, Lord, to get to this place? And, you know, it's the finances, and it's your health, and it's this, and it's the kids, and it's the relationship. And it's like, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? And it's nothing. And you're thinking, man, I just have bad luck. No, your bad luck can actually become your big, your big break. Think of it this way. No civil rights movement, no Martin Luther King. No Jesus dying on the cross. No resurrection. No leprosy in this case. There wouldn't have been a story to tell and to learn from. There wouldn't have been any healing. Every business is a solution to a problem. Think of like your favorite local business in town. Okay, maybe a restaurant, it might be a place, and you love them. They're great. They're good people. I mean, they're doing, they're growing. Think of any business in town. What they are is their solutions to problems in our community. No problems, no opportunities to fix those those um, those solutions. No solution. No problems. No solution. Therefore, no businesses. So our garbage collector solves what? Garbage problems. A dentist 
or a doctor, they solve medical problems. And so here's what I want you to know today. The worse your problem, the bigger the potential that you have for God to come in and do something in your life. So number one, you've got a problem. Help me out. You've got a problem. You've got what? Potential. potential. Very good. Very good. All right. Number two, we're going to get the second point from verses two and three. All right. So pay attention. It says this. Now bands from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. Okay? And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, basically back in Israel, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now, I want to kind of hang in there in here for a second, okay? So what's going on? So basically you have Naaman, a great military man, commander-in-chief. Like this guy is a leader of leaders, okay? And you have the, the people of Aram and you have the Israelites. And there is something going on to where the point that basically there is this young girl who's taken captive and she's placed. And of all people, I mean, what are the chances, right? Like this girl, she's a slave, she's a servant girl, ends up serving Naaman's wife. And she says, hey, there is someone in my country that could heal you. Now, think, think about this for a moment. What are the chances that this guy would listen to this young girl? And especially in a culture where men would not take the advice from women. Not only is she a woman, which I was strike one in that culture, but she was young, that was strike two. And not only was she a woman and she was young, but she was a slave. What are the chances that this mighty, like, man, like this mighty leader would listen to this young girl saying, hey, if you go back to my country, by the way, we're enemies. If you go back, there's a guy that could heal you. Almost none. And so I, I'm asking the question, how do miracles work? Here's number two. Miracles often begin in the last place you would ever look. When you think about that, the miracle you're looking for in your life will often come from areas or people that you never expected to come from. Let me make it personal, okay? Again, I don't want you to leave today thinking, oh, we looked at Second Kings. No, we're talking about you today. We're talking about your greatest need right now. I don't know what that is. God knows. The answer to your greatest need may be found in the place you least expect it. And God, when you, when you study the Bible, when you study miracles in the Bible, what you'll find out is that God will often do things and accomplish His will through, through people and through things who you would have never thought of. And people show up in your life, and things happen, and you're like, I never, because if you're like me, you're a problem solver, right? You like to fix things. When things come your way, you're figuring it out right and you're not like just kind of staying behind no, no, no. you're like like i'm gonna get this done i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna and you're thinking of the future and you're thinking of this step and if i do this and you're you're a go-getter right often the answer is found in places that you're like oh man i had no idea like the mouth of a little servant girl god ends up using this little girl to bring about healing to naaman look at what the bible says Romans eleven thirty three, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable 
his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Look, look at it. Oh, the death of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. His mind is so, his, his mind, his thoughts, his ways are so much higher than your, your ways, so much greater than your way of thinking. Our minds are so small in comparison to what he's trying to do in your life. And sometimes we try to do things at this level and God's like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to do things at this level. And so God works in mysterious ways. And sometimes the miracles come from places that we, we never intended to look. Like David and Goliath. Remember the story? Who would have thought that the giant was going to be defeated by a young shepherd boy? Like uh, the feeding of the 5,000. Who would have thought that it was the sack lunch from a young boy that he was going to use to save the day? And so if you got a problem, you got potential. Number two, miracles often begin in the last place you'll ever look. Number three, for this one, I need your help. For point three, I'm going to read a lot, okay? And I need you to kind of try to stay on with me as much as possible, okay? So I'm going to read verses four through ten, okay? And I'll try to explain it as we go. So Naaman went to his master and told him, that's the king. Basically, Naaman goes to his king and he says tells him what the girl from Israel had said. Okay? That's verse 4. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Verse 5. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. Verse 6. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read... With this letter, I am sending my servant, Naaman, to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Verse 7. Watch this. Don't miss it, okay? As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick up. A quarrel with me? I mean, what's going on? And it's funny because the king of Israel should have been the man of God. Remember, he's leading God's people. The king of Israel did not see the miracle potential that even a young slave girl could see. And so, so he's, he's complaining. Why is this guy coming to me? Verse 8. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message why have you torn your robes have the man come to me and he will know that there's a prophet in in israel basically the man of god elisha says to the king he says hey send him to me and then th they're gonna know that there is a true god in israel verse 9 so naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of elisha's house and Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Okay, so here's what I, I want you to pick up on. I want you to pick up on all the action, all the action steps that Naaman, the guy that had leprosy, the commander, had to take. Okay? So put yourself in his position. The first thing is he gets leprosy. Then this young girl that they had ca taken captive 
that was serving his wife basically says, hey, there's a guy that could heal you. And the first step that he has to take is believe her. Then he has to, then he has to come up to his king, his command, like his, his, super, his superior, and say, hey, listen, I'm going to go into enemy territory. There's someone there that, that could potentially heal me of my leprosy. Is that okay? So I'm sure that was a big step, right? Because these, are not, these people are, do not get along. And I'm sure the king could have thought, man, this guy's going to betray me. And I, I mean, again, we read through all of this, and we just kind of flip through it, right? And we don't quite get into that, that world. But imagine coming before the king and saying, hey, i got to go into enemy territory. I wonder all the doubts. I wonder all the questions. So he finally gets the letter from the king, permission granted. He goes to the king of Israel. He can't go straight to Elijah. He has to go through the proper authorities. And the king of Israel kind of loses it. And it's like, what is wrong with you? I don't even like you. You know, why are you sending your guy to be healed by my guy? I know, what do I have to do with this? Hey, you're trying to, you're trying to start something here. Now, think of, put yourself in Naaman's position, right? Listen to the girl, goes to his king, gets the letter, goes to the king of Israel. The king of Israel doesn't like him. He's like, oh, no. Elijah finds out the man of God, and by God's providential hand, Elijah says, hey, send him over. Send him over. He goes all the way up to Elijah's door. Did you pick up on it? Can we put that verse on? Um, Verse, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Verse 9. Verse 9, so Naaman went with his horse and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Finally makes it, all right? And Elisha sent a messenger. <laughs> so put yourself in Naaman's position like, Lord, I'm done. I'm tired. I've tried everything. And I show up and I'm finally here. And the guy is going to disrespect me like this. He doesn't even show up. He's sending a messenger. What is wrong with these people? I've had it, Lord. It's usually what we say, right? Lord, I prayed for a miracle, but I'm, I'm giving up. I'm done. I'm done. So here's the third point that I want you to get today. Before God can do what only God can do, you need to do what God's commanded you to do. Naaman, before he was healed, he had to be obedient in all the things God was saying to him. And the prophet says, go, dip yourself seven times. And he's like, I've had it. I've tried. And I've tried, and it it hasn't really worked. I've tried going to church. I've tried praying i've tried doing this i've tried in the relationship i've tried with the finances i've come up with the budget it just didn't work it may work for other people but this whole faith thing it just doesn't work for me and so here's the third point if we can put it there you go if you don't move god will not move it's not that he can't it's just simply that he will not most christians they don't want miracles what they want is magic that's really what it is And when you study miracles in the Bible, what you learn is that miracles in the Bible just very rarely do they just fall out of the sky, out of nowhere. They don't just happen out of nowhere. Look, when you look at miracles in the Bible, here's what happens. There's always a command, and that command is followed by a step of obedience, and then God intervenes. 
You don't ever see, I mean, you can even look, look at the story with Mary and the virgin birth. I mean, there was so much faith that Mary, so many steps of faith that she had to obey and that she had to follow through. And every story, every miracle, what you will see is there's a command, there's a step of faith, and then God intervenes. And God does what only God can do. And so let's look at, let's wrap it up. A couple more verses and we're done. Worship team, you guys get in place. But Naaman, verse 11, went away. Naaman went away angry. No kidding, I would have been angry too. I've humbled myself. I listened to the slave girl. I've gone, I've gone, went to the king, and then I went across town, and I went to the other king, and I'm like, I mean, this is, this is so, such a humbling thing. I show up. I didn't want to show up. I show up, and the prophet sends a messenger. What is going on? And so Naaman went away angry, and he said, I thought he would surely come to me. I thought he would come out to me and stand. And watch this. This is hilarious. And call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. That's what he says. I thought that he was going to come and do a little dance and rub my spot and boom, I'm all healed. I'm ready to go. See, most people, we don't want miracles. What we want is magic. Lord, provide for us. Lord, we need, we're struggling financially. We just, we just need you to provide for us. God forbid you're going to cut up the credit cards. God forbid you're going to stop going out to eat every single night. You could prepare your own meals. You could have a little meal plan and try to save in different ways. God, heal us. Heal me. But I'm not going to change my eating habits. Heal our marriage. Lord, we need a miracle. But I'm not going to apologize for what I did, for what I said. I'm not getting counseling. I'm not going to invest time and money into this relationship. But heal us, God, we need a miracle. Miracles are not magic. Write this down if you want. Miracles happen, watch this. Miracles happen when your faith and God's supernatural provision collide. Miracles happen when your faith and God's supernatural provision collide. Naaman thought that the prophet was going to do a little dance, raise his hand, do this, this, and that, and then boom, and he was going to be healed. But I want you to get this. God will never bypass human faith to initiate miracles on earth. He'll never do it. It's like the coach who says, you know what, we're not, you know, we're going to... We're going to pray Monday through th Saturday. It's like, but you're not going to train? What about conditioning? Ah, nah. We don't believe in conditioning. We're just going to pray. You're going to pray like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about strategy? <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, no, we're just going to pray. Doesn't make sense, right? And yet that's sometimes how we live our lives as Christians. We're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. Verse 13, a couple more verses, we're done. Naaman's servant. So cool how God speaks to people in all kinds of levels. 
socioeconomic levels. Both the young girl that spoke to him was a slave, and this right here in verse 13, Naaman's guy was also a slave. I love how God communicates through anyone. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? What he asked them was something simple. Naaman was just not used to receiving orders. He was used to, to Naaman was just used to telling people what to do. He finally gives up, listens to his guy. In verse 14 it says, So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Listen, you do your part. You do the natural, God will do the supernatural. But often what I find in my life is that I, I don't do it. I just don't. You do not move, God will not move. And I'll close with this. Probably the most important point of all of them is this. Your miracle is really not about you. Your miracle is about Him. Verse 15, Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God, and he stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. When God heals your marriage, it's not so that you can live happily ever after. It's so that other people can see the power of His hand in your life, in your marriage. When God provides for you financially, it's not so that you go and buy bigger toys. And there's nothing wrong with buying toys. I love toys, you know. But ultimately, it's not about you. When He provides for you financially, it's so that other people can see that God provides for His children. When God heals you, and He can heal, I believe that He can heal today as much as He healed back 2,000 years, 3,000 years ago. But when He heals you, it's not so that you just feel good. It's so that other people can look at your life and glorify him and so your miracle is not about you your miracle it's all about him and you ask like, how do you know that how do you know that well Naaman gets healed and then he says now I know now I know that there is a true God there's no other God on the earth except for the, the God of the Israelites and Naaman because he's He's so thankful for what God did in his life. He just wants to, it's, it's all about gratitude. He just said, comes to Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, and says, I want to bring you a gift. And you know what? If you read it, it's not where we're going to wrap it up, so I'm not going to put it on the screen. But if you read the, the rest of the chapter, Naaman brings a gift to Elijah. And you know what Elijah does? He says, no, thank you. Because Elijah knew that the miracle was not about Naaman. The miracle was not about Elisha either. And he didn't want it to be a distraction. And he says, thank you, but that's not needed.
And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask you, do you need a miracle today? I wonder how many of you in this room, if you would lift your hand, raise your hand, how many of you would say, Pastor, I need a miracle. I see your hand, sir. Anyone else? I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand. I need a miracle today. Anyone else? There's something so big in your life. There's something so difficult that you're a supernatural being is going to have to intercede. You can't do it on your own. God sees your hand. He sees your heart. Father, thank you for the reminder that if we got a problem, we've got potential. Thank you, Lord. I'm not the only one that's struggling. Thank you that you can come through. Thank you for stories. How do miracles work? Yeah, this is it. You show us in your word. Thank you for reminding us that often it begins in the last place we would ever look. And so God, help us, help us to stay focused. Help us to fix our eyes on you, to seek you first, to not be so negative and not get off track and not be so doubtful. Thank you, Father, for reminding us that it's up to us we do the natural, you do the super. If we move, you move. Every miracle in the Bible. We do not see you bypassing human face. No, we see you providing, teaming up, partnering with our faith. And God, thank you that at the end of the day, when the miracle is answered, we're going to be able to point hands, fingers to you. We're going to be able to give you the glory because the miracle is not about me. And when you answer us, God, thank you that it's not for me to be happy and it's not for me to have more and it's not for me to, to, no, 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 no. At the end of the day, the miracle is always pointing back to you. And so, God, I ask you, I, I, I see all the hands represented in this room. And I'm sure that online there's many, many more. God, I ask for you to move like never before. For those who need healing, their bodies need to be healed. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would heal them, God. Not so that we can live a little bit longer, but Father, so we can praise your name. So we can point fingers in your direction and say it was the Lord. God, when you come through and provide, God, I pray that, that we, would, we would do the same thing. That we would be generous with what you've given us. That others may see your goodness in us. And so, God, I ask that you would come through like never before. Some, some people in this room need you desperately. We bow before you, King of kings, Lord of lords. We declare you to be holy. We don't understand your ways, God. We, don't, we cannot comprehend the, the way you behave sometimes you're a mysterious God but God we put our faith in you I know we know that we're only here for a short moment and we declare you victorious today regardless of our circumstances we serve you as our Lord and Savior God we put you on the throne of our lives save us we pray in Jesus name amen let's all stand